0: Hi, guys. It's Rebecca. You're listening to Superwomen. Today's guest is Catherine Duria, the founder of Year and Day. I don't know about you, but maybe it's my age. A while ago, probably it was around the time I got married, I started getting interested in dishes. And I was sort of upset that you could only buy the really cool stuff that was really expensive... And then the cheap stuff breaks all the time and isn't really that special. So she created year and day, I think for me, because it is beautifully crafted dishware in colors that are, I don't know, make me, maybe it's the millennial in me really happy. And we talk about her finding a niche in a market that was sort of untapped and how she grew it into a really amazing company. I would love to start at the beginning, like what made you want to disrupt this industry, which is like filled with these big box retailers?
1: Well, exactly that. I felt like this was, well, it it actually came from a personal experience, um, which made me realize how broken the industry is. Um, I had moved back uh, to San Francisco where I grew up from New York City in my early 30s and had kind of was furnishing my bachelorette apartment and I was looking forward to having dinner parties and realized that my, some of my dishes had broken in the move and they were hand-me-down dishes from my mother who's always been a big plate obsessed person and collector and so i was actually kind of excited to have this right-hand ring moment oftentimes people are associate buying nice dinnerware with getting married and i wasn't yet married or engaged or I hadn't met my husband, and so I was actually excited to com- embrace this the shopping experience and and went out to all of the different stores, department stores, specialty stores, and um, was totally overwhelmed by the amount of choice in the market. And it was very difficult for me to find anything aesthetically that I liked. And when I finally did, um the plates were, you know, more than fifty dollars uh, per plate. Um, which was going to result in this like multi-thousand dollar dishware investment. And I thought that wasn't fair and it wasn't right. And that there should be beautiful dishes that are accessible to everyone from a price point standpoint, but that also are very high quality and ethically and responsibly made and sustainably sourced. And so um, I started digging into the industry and realized that tableware is this $7 billion, you know, market inside the broader, you know, multi-billion dollar home market and thought, well, maybe I could build a big business here. And so little by little started gathering information on the industry, realized how much it relied on you know, uh, really kind of now antiquated distribution systems, licensing, sales distributors, you know, department stores that weren't necessarily delivering a delightful customer experience online or in person. So I I went to trade shows. I traveled the world. I saw factory floors and then had this design in my mind's eye of a really simple shape with beautiful contemporary but timeless colors that look beautiful individually or could be mixed and matched, But but essentially had guardrails of being foolproof. So no matter what combination of colors that you pick, you're going to have a chic table no matter what. And brought that together into this idea of of communing around a table. So year and day is all about time and quality of time and celebrating kind of our daily rituals and annual celebrations or celebrations that happen on a less regular cadence. And Realize that this product is such a witness to these really important moments, and so it should have meaning, and and that this generation, we should all be inspired to uh, build community at home and build community around the table at home. And yet, you know, we're all very busy. You have women very much in the workforce, and and um, not necessarily having the time all day to cook and you know, prepare, arrange flowers. Why not? Why don't we have that kind of time? <laughs> arrange a beautiful tablescape a la, you know, icons of the past. Um, but that we shouldn't have to compromise, um, you know, the the outcome, which is, you know, a beautiful table, community, friends, family, conversation, love, humor, all of the good things that happen there. Um,
0: that don't happen, you
1: know, take out on the
0: sofa with the TV on. So I'd love to pinpoint, like a lot of people have great ideas and then they never actualize them, right? Or they, or they have a great idea and it seems like something that's like so, sort of within reach, but you had this idea. So what within you occurred or what do you think you credit? Like, here's an idea for, you know, seemingly like I wouldn't have thought of that, right? Or, or the, most people wouldn't have to, to create this. Where did that come from?
1: Well, I think that I had built up a lot of inspiration from other brands that were kind of disrupting different areas of the retail universe. So that was, there were some models out in the world of companies that had kind of like approaches. I think similarly, there were models of other female entrepreneurs who had kind of like seemingly you know, out of nowhere, out of left field ideas that had actualized them into like real big businesses and raised money and built great teams. And, you know, I'm lucky that I became an entrepreneur after many of them who forged the way, I think, for, for people like me to see them as models and as icons and and to think, okay, I could do that too. And then I think, like, inside of me, this desire to have creativity not only in the expression of the product design, but in thinking about customer experience in this category and business and and how you could both make money and improve the way that this category is bought and sold – it just seemed like this unique once in a lifetime kind of insight and opportunity to really try. And I had gone to business school and I'd been out of business school for several years. And it was kind of this moment of like, if not now, then when? And so um, I was doing like consulting at the time. So I had some flexibility to do work on year and day on the side without compromising kind of where my rent money was coming from. And so that that was helpful. But At some point, you have to just embrace the unknown and kind of like walk into an unclear, murky future, but with kind of like a sense that you have a compass inside of you, both kind of business-wise and artistically that will move, that will propel the vision forward. And, you know, now we're two years in selling to customers, three years into the journey and and it works. It worked. People we have people we have, bought <laughs> it. People bought it. People bought it and, and, and love it and come back and buy more. And it's the customers and their love of our product. And they show us how they love it. They write in, but they post on Instagram and their stories, their tablescapes and their shelfies. And that just fuels my passion to build a bigger business.
0: So how big is your team now? My team now
1: is 8 people um including myself in San Francisco. We have an incredible team. Um right now we're all women and it's the the team inspires me so much because they all, you know, entrepreneurial work, startup work. I like to say you're we're kind of we're we're trying to break through the inertia of the world, you know, like people want, you know, kind of have habits and routines or like there is a top of mind brand here. And even if it's delivering a subpar experience, like, you know, there's inertia there. And so if you're a startup, you have to like cut through that and- Please tell me how. (laughs) (laughs) We have have some of our recipes, but you know, it's like, it's it's an everyday exercise and the team is incredible. And they show up every day um, with new ideas, new approaches energy, horsepower. We had like our best week ever last week. And the team is the most important thing um, when it comes to to scale because um, an individual can have an idea and a vision and kind of architect things. But at some point, the amount that you can carry in your own basket is topped off. and yeah. And so finding incredible people who share the vision, who have a lot of Fire and passion and and skill. Um, our team now is very skilled and smart, and they're amazing. So I couldn't do it without them. Shout out them. to the team. Shout out to the team.
0: <laughs> so one thing I struggle with, and I'm curious how you deal with this, is I ha- I know what I like when I see it, but I have a lot of trouble articulating, especially on a visual. Like not design, not when it comes down to the actual design of a bag. That's very <laughs> easy. But when you're communicating an aesthetic, which yours is so tight, right? There is no cracks. <laughs> Thank you. In my little... That's That's very high praise. There's no cracks in that. Um, (laughs) But I have trouble that like when I'm trying to direct people or we have a new graphic designer come in, I'm like, no, no, no. Yes. But like, I wish I could just say, this is the lane, do not veer from it. And then they get it right. So how have you been able to have the business mind, the artistic mind, and like really have a vision that doesn't... I'm never... It's always the same in a good way. Thank you, know? you
1: for saying that. I I, um, I credit actually for that years of work um, in the brand management team at Tiffany, um, sitting a- alongside an exceptionally talented creative team um, who guarded and protected that now 180-year-old brand with very specific guardrails, many of which you know, aren't necessarily documented, but kind of become a culture. And so that taught me a lot about the importance of specificity of vision and brand. And I've brought that rigor to year and day. And it's harder than it looks. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's there's many iterations before we get to that that outcome. Um, and again, you know, I think it's about finding the right people who not only, I think, at that point, see your vision, but then also have, you know, the flexibility and the the willingness to iterate and continue to learn, right? Because I do think that, like, an I is not something that you can just, you can't write it down. Nobody else can jump in your brain and be like, but he, I see it this way. But I think people who are good listeners, who are flexible, who are curious, who are you know, actually kind of take to that exercise and and enjoy it. And that's so far how it's worked. I, I think we'll probably need to do more like actual documentation as we continue to grow as a brand, which is something I'm like kind of both very excited about and then nervous for because elements of the brand also need oxygen. So you also like there are places where you want flexibility and then places where you want more rigidity. And it's kind of that balance. I think that makes a brand both feel timeless and lasting and powerful and and understood alongside its
0: relevance makes sense so prior to us recording i we we t- we touched on struggle and you're like uh every day and I was like same same <laughs> if i could only walk you through what really happened today right <laughs> that would be one for the books
1: i know we could sit here all day all night like uh, we hatch every uh, every every day's highs and lows it's it's truly uh i have to say the kinship and and it's it, you know we met over female founder collective which is this incredible amazing community of women that you've brought together i'd say that the the one thing that's given me the most um, inspiration in the process of year and day aside from our customers is other women founders because they truly understand and you don't even have to say, you just know. And that solidarity, you know, I've forged friendships where we've only met in person once, but we like text and talk on the phone and there's just like real solid support and Anyway, I won't continue, but no, it's I fine. I always say like,
0: I have my best friends that I don't talk about work with. It's just like whatever kids, sex or not, if that ever happens ever again, <laughs> um, like that kind of stuff. And then I have like my, my female business ladies where I'm like, oh, I can share with you what exactly just happened today and how awful that was and how, and how I wasn't anticipating it. And I said to myself, you can't making you can't make this fucking shit up.
1: Yes. Right. And it, it, it's true. You're like, it's, Constantly surprised by the different iterations of ways that things can go both right and wrong. Yeah. and But it but it's this exceptional, you're like on the edge. And so we're all exposed to these things. But what's funny is somebody said something to me the other week. They were like, you know, you're probably not experiencing any, anything that nobody else has experienced before. This seems so edged. This seems so crazy. This seems so bizarre. But... And that's where I think the solidarity is. We all have kind of, when you actually unpack that with the founder friends, they're like, oh yeah, that reminds me of X, Y, and Z. And and you realize like, it just makes you feel, you're like,
0: you're not alone on this journey, which is really scary and hard. I wish there could be an anonymous Slack group where you could just like write what happened to you and everyone (laughs) could be like, oh, that happened to me too. But like, no one has to know. I love is. that
1: idea. I've never, there, were, there were those apps for a while, like Secret and whatnot, where yeah. people wrote things and see it. The problem is that I, I probably, I trust the female founder community would keep <laughs> it positive <laughs> totally. and keep it like on the up and up. But yeah, so you can start that business now. We can yeah. start that business. <laughs> Subscription <laughs> somebody, based. Starts, somebody who's listening can start the business. I, I will be your first two customers.
0: <laughs> so what were, so you were at Tiffany before, mm-hmm. which is how you got your incredible ability to be rigid in the best way and, and brand forward. What was your... What sort of was your journey prior that gave you the good business sense? You went to business school. I went to business
1: school. I was at I was at Stanford for for business school, which was an incredible place for being inspired by entrepreneurs. It's a school that really uh, tends to encourage its students to pursue either working at a startup or becoming an entrepreneur. And so, uh, those were all the ideas that I was exploring there, and you know, actually, kind of wanted to work at a. Um, consumer or commerce startup after business school, but I graduated in 2009, which was, I don't know if, you know, you remember. Oh, I know what that year was like <laughs> for me. That's
0: when we slashed our prices by 50%. There you go. To stay exactly. In business.
1: Exactly. Exactly. Right. And so finding a job in that market was not easy, but, you know, I ended up finding my way to this path, you know, a little bit non, in a nonlinear way. Started, you know, business school. I did my internship actually at Bare Essentials Cosmetics, which is this mineral makeup company that has like tremendous brand love. This was 2008. And I was in their e-com and online marketing group. And e-com, we were just starting to kind of like open our eyes to the idea that e-com was delivering all this great data about the customer, about replenishment behavior, et cetera. And then the second thing that was interesting that I learned there was about building community online, because their customers were so fanatical about the brand that they started bulletin boards to like talk about makeup, the different kits and ma- tips. And this was kind of before Instagram and Pinterest and kind of all these other places where now brands, you know, kind of have rooms where, where customers can build community. And so I was very inspired by that idea and really it directed kind of the next, I guess, 10 years and I worked for a year at a consulting firm here in New York, and then kind of used that to to get started at Tiffany. And Tiffany was just this incredible, like global brand experience. I, I worked a lot on our Asia Pacific market and and traveled there and and helped get the brand up on you know platforms like WeChat and and just had this incredible exposure to, you know, the global world of retailing and luxury retailing, um, and yet also saw kind of all of the ways that retail could be made better by technology and digital. And so, again, kind of back to the 2008 mind, I thought, okay, I think I want to get on the other side of this. And that, that insight combined with my love of the table, you know, tabletop and home Got me into this thing that's now year and day.
0: (laughs) So, I would love to touch on you had mentioned like your father, and he played a huge role. So, can you talk a little bit about your father and the role he played in your journey? Yeah,
1: absolutely. So, I had an unfortunate loss of my father when I was 12. um, And my father and I were very close kindred. I was very inspired by him, and he was incredibly kind of supportive of of my interest. I mean, I was 12 at the time, so ballet and science were what I really cared about then. But it, nevertheless, like, we were very, very close. Um, And he was kind of an entrepreneur in his own right. He was a lawyer, but he had his own practice and employees and et cetera. And when, you know, he he was diagnosed with brain cancer and within a year he died. um, And it was a tremendously formative experience in my life. Um, You know, it taught me a lot about resilience. You know, like life is hard. It's going to throw really difficult things at you and you can build yourself back up and build your own community and build your sense of self. And yet still, you know, I feel the presence of him with me. Um, he's such a part of me and about in my kind of fire and and energy and drive, but it's so sad that he's not here.
0: Totally. Totally. Sorry. I wasn't I'm No, to make I, you. I wasn't expecting
1: myself to get emotional. <laughs> it's like, no, nah, I'm normally pretty buttoned up even when I talk about him, but sometimes, you know.
0: <laughs> I, I get it, man. I think about this stuff all the time because when I was younger, I just thought, I took for granted like, oh, when I'm older, I won't need my parents. And I need them now more than I've ever needed them. And so I'm just like, oh my gosh. You know, or I have an eight-year-old, so I'm just putting myself into your shoes like if that happened to one of us. It's just like,
1: Fuck. It's not an ideal life experience. It not an ideal life. <laughs> and, it's, and it's funny because I have friends now who are losing, you know, as adults are starting to lose their parents, which is still incredibly heartbreaking to see that loss. And and I love, you know, as an expert, I like to be there to support them <laughs> in, in the journey. Um, but it it's it's truly it's this inexplicable you know, darkness and sadness and whole that I think, again, can be a great source of strength. And what surprises me a little emotional today, like, is that you can tap into that pain. Even, you know, this was the 25-year anniversary of my father's death will be this December. So 25 years of healing. And, you know, I'm an entrepreneur. I'm married. I have a lovely life. I'm, like, so grateful for all of the wonderful things that have come my way since then. And yet, that loss can still be very palpable but i think I, again I, I i truly believe that it it taught me so much about standing up in the face of being kicked down and that is like as you know in the entrepreneurial journey like you are just constantly having to push forward push 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 build yourself up and move forward and 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 so i i feel like that experience was almost this like massively horrible but very powerful training ground in resilience and you know I would prefer to have my father be alive um, and have lived through my kind of teenage years and 20s and walked me down the aisle at my wedding and all of those things that uh, many people have the pleasure or or, or you know of, uh, in their lives but I did not and yet I have other strengths that I derived from the absence of that which, I'm proud of.
0: Totally, I found it fascinating and interesting to explore those deep moments of failure and like what you got out of it. And while it totally fucking sucks, you're like, oh, there's a silver lining there. You know, not a silver lining, but there's like something that grew out of it. Yeah, there's learning, there's
1: growth, there's building. There, and so I think from that you can kind of you see like you know again in in the business like we're, we're lucky because like. You know we're getting more things right than wrong, and there's more good than hard, you know like there's there's momentum to what we're building, and yet like there's always setbacks and so I think like you you just your muscle for for managing setbacks is just like r- a little stronger, yeah
0: so you raised money, I did. did you find that experience tough? Did you feel viewed as a woman? you know it's <sighs> or not i I
1: would say fundraising I think is really hard. Um, I think it's probably hard for men and women. I do think it's more difficult for women, particularly women who are working in the f- in consumer facing industries and brands where I think that you know our product and what we the problem that we're solving and the way we're approaching it is like intuitively understood by most women um, and yet most investors are men um, and so, you have to kind of start a couple stages earlier and kind of explaining why why this problem is what it is and why it exists and, like, also that it's a massive business opportunity and how year and day is approaching it differently. And so, you know, nevertheless, I would say the majority of our cap table is women, like, um, which I'm super proud of. We have amazing investors who, you know, I think fundraising is an exercise that, like anything else, it becomes kind of a skill that I think over time you – you know get better and better at but um it's definitely difficult it's also an exercise in resilience you know we've had a lot of amazing yeses we have in, again incredible people in our cap table but we've also had some like amazing nos and that's hard and it sucks but you get up the next morning and you go after it you again go after it again like it's groundhog day right <laughs> exactly right <laughs> exactly right you can't you can't let the setbacks like set you back because The customers are what, like, I don't know, like, if I ever, I don't know, I just, like, go, I have a rough day, or, like, I I hear no from an investor, I, like, go into, like, our dashboard and, like, look at our sales, and then I look at our, like, Instagram user-generated content, and I look at our feedback from our customers, and and I'm just, like, wow, like, people love this. We are really doing something right, and it's all about finding the folks who see that,
0: too and see the opportunity there. My husband will see the light in daybreak. <laughs> in daybreak. Which is my favorite color. Daybreak Look is it up, a,
1: people. It's beautiful, and it's a great way to start your day. Yes. Um, very cheerful. He just needs to get over his
0: aversion to pink.
1: It's really a subtle pink. So subtle. It's a very gender-neutral pink. <laughs> um, you know, it's... And it truly, like, for breakfast... It makes you happy. It makes you happy. I know. Like, sparks joy. Yes. It
0: sparks joy in the home. Agreed.
1: So... I yes I I I think that when he sees the daybreak mugs in your home, he will convert because it will let's hope so. It will strike an emotional <laughs> chord. It's just like there's no going back once that once that happens. Yes,
0: I like to ask my guests two questions, which I'm sure you know the answer or you know them. <laughs> um, but something we'd be surprised to know about you.
1: Something you'd be surprised to know about? Funny me.
0: habit a a weird quirk. Don't be afraid to. Sh- I share a lot of things like. Last week, I told everyone I peed in a diaper because I wasn't near a bathroom.
1: I just listened to the Ali Wong book, and she talks about peeing in a diaper. Oh, really? But then the diapers were quite small, and anyway, it leaks in her car anyway, which is like that that book is she's – I coincidentally grew up in San Francisco and I knew her a little bit growing up, but anyway, I'm s i am think she's so incredible and was very Anyway, so you're not alone in I'm peeing not, in a diaper. Thank God. <laughs> um I have not peed in a diaper. I do not yet have children. I'm just trying to think of I mean, I'm sure I have a gazillion crazy quirks. Um in fact I know I do. I really, you know, <laughs> I probably have watched every Law and Order ever. Wow. I mean, I
0: that is like legit. That's a of lot kind of embarrassing.
1: It's a lot of episodes. Um, whenever I'm traveling for work, I like to put it on in the background Will and like do you rewatch work. them? Um, occasionally, but what's bad is I have a really good memory. Okay. And like they're not that fun to once you know the hook, you're like, oh, okay. But um, I always, like, I'm up on the current season. I always have it on. Like, when I travel, I put it on. But again, now I'm, I think I'm in repeat zone because I think
0: I've watched. So you're a Dick Wolf super fan.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I mean, I'm comforted by the formula. Yeah. You know? Um, (laughs) And so, yeah, it's uh, not super highbrow, but I love it. I'm there.
0: (laughs) And what is some great advice you'd love to pass on, whether... You learned it yourself, or someone gave it to you and it worked.
1: I think that um, the advice I've I've learned kind of most recently and uh, is is about finding great people, surrounding yourself with a great team. Um, there's a, you know a it's important in any kind of career or you know to have a vision of what you want to become and and to move yourself closer and closer to that vision. And then I think like it's the people around you that make that a journey worth going on and. You know, whether that's a team you hire or the people that you choose to work with in a job or your friends and family, like that, I guess not your your, your family, you don't necessarily choose. But I think really think carefully about the people you surround yourself with, um, especially the people you work with. And it makes really a lot of difference, I think, in, in the day-to-day, but also kind of
0: the outcome of, of your career. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you. That was Catherine Duria, the founder of Year and Day. For more information about her company, you can follow at Year and Day. Thank you so much for listening. As always, don't forget to rate me wherever you listen to a podcast. Leave a review. I do read them all.